High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, pageant queens, yodelers, drag performers, oh, and an extra special shout out to you Dolly Parton fans out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening, but first, school is still in session. Let's talk about your homework. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Hope you enjoyed Peggy Sue Got Married last week, both the episode and the film. Our guest Kate Hudson was so much fun. I'd love to have her on again. Let's see what else. Oh, did you like us on Facebook? Did you follow us on Instagram or on Twitter? Guys, class participation is a key part of your grade. Did you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast service you listen to us on? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. If not, never too late. Do it. But I guess most importantly for today, did you Netflix and chill with Dumplin'? Our guest today is a returning guest. You'll remember her from the excellent episode, if I might say so myself, on the wonderful film To All the Boys I've Loved Before. She's writer Jenna Guillaume, and I'm so, so happy to have her back. She's awesome. It's great anytime I could get to speak with Jenna. So, you know, it's going to be a good one, I promise. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Remember, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. And before letting you go, I wanted to take a second to give a special thank you to the host of another podcast, one I've recommended here before. It's the Teenage Dirtbags podcast. They gave me a shout-out the other day, and oh man, I was so excited. I don't know, I felt like the nerdy guy in class who the popular girls finally noticed. So, thanks Maddie, thanks Carly, all the love, right back at ya. And you guys out there listening, if you like teen movies, and I'm going to take a wild guess and assume that you do like teen movies, I don't think you're here to listen to my bedtime voice. I think you're here because you like you like the teen nostalgia. And another great place to check it out is Teenage Dirtbags. Trust me, they're awesome. I tell you guys to tell a friend about this podcast. Well, this is a friend of yours telling you about another great podcast. So you definitely, definitely want to listen. Anyway, anyway, I've kept you too long. So without further ado, remember, pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's. Because we're about 
to get our Texan party on. I leave you with someone who is a big part of Dumplin', Dolly Parton, and her wonderful song, It's Gonna Stay in Your Head, 9 to 5. Class dismissed. bed and I stumble to the kitchen for myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five working nine to five what a Jenna, I'm so happy to have you here again. Seems like you've been up to a lot lately. Thank you. Yes, I've been busy. (laughs) Congratulations. New book. Looks awesome. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about it before we start. I mean, I've been reading about it, but unfortunately, it's not available in the United States, but it looks really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, I've only sold Australian and New Zealand rights so far, but I am hoping to sell into America. So fingers crossed send out some good vibes into the universe for that but yeah it's actually a YA rom-com surprise if uh, (laughs) if anyone follows me it's very um my brand and it's about and you'll probably laugh when you hear this but it's about a plus-size teenager who enters a beauty pageant um (laughs) and I know we're here to discuss Dumplin' which is about a plus-size teenager who enters a beauty pageant I actually was working on this book um which is called What I Like About Me when Dumplin' the book came out and when I first heard about it, I kind of had a bit of a meltdown because I was like, oh, no, this sounds exactly like what I'm writing. <laughs> and um, I had a few people kind of talk me down and go like, you know what, you've just got to write what you want to write and see what happens. And there's lots of books come out all the time with similar premises. But I didn't read Dumplin' because I didn't want to be unduly influenced. And I had a friend read it to make sure that it wasn't too similar. But I have since read Dumplin', obviously, and watched it since my book is finished and can happily say they're quite different. Mine is obviously it's set in Australia over the Australian summer, which happens at the end of the year for us. So it's Christmas and New Year's and all those kind of events. I very deliberately made it very Australian because as much as I love American pop culture and teen stories, I feel like we don't have enough um, from an Australian perspective and with Australian cultural touchstones. So I really wanted to do that. So yeah, it's it's about a girl called Maisie and she is learning to love herself. She is obsessed with movies and she really wants to have the kind of summer that she sees in these American movies and things don't go quite according to plan. A lot of things start to go wrong for her, but it's really about her journey towards realizing that life doesn't need to be perfect and it doesn't need to be a movie. And um, it's more about accepting herself and loving herself as she is. I love everything you just said. That sounds so awesome <laughs> and so up the alley of what we do here at high school slumber party oh thank you i can't wait to get a copy now last time you were on 
we kind of talked a little bit about how popular American high school films were in Australia, so I definitely like appreciate the Australian point of view for uh, your book. Like I said, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, as I said, I'm trying to sell into America at the moment, and I guess that's the question is, are American publishers and American readers going to be interested in the Australian take on the classic teen rom-com so i'm hoping they will be because yeah as we talked about in australia we love the american version so it should be interesting fingers crossed if i count as an opinion to the (laughs) publishers or whoever makes these decisions these book lords whatever i'm in i'll buy a copy great (laughs) well again thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it now every week my guests introduce themselves the same way they they say their name their high school their high school team name but we know that's not applicable all the time so jenna yeah my name is jenna guillaume i went to lake lawara high school and we don't do teams in <laughs> australia <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is always a uh, it's always a little weird for me but we discussed it last time i guess it makes sense i just grew up with them so i always expect them yeah, it's a very different culture in, in some respects, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you were on our fabulous uh, To All the Boys We've Loved Before. And yes, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, great movie. You know, appreciated you coming on for that one. And now you're back for another Netflix one, Dumplin'. I was going to ask, like, my next question was, why did you choose Dumplin'? But I, you know, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's extremely my interest. Um, you know, as I said, when I first heard about Dumplin', I was obviously in the middle of writing my book, which felt like I had a similar premise. But, you know, I very quickly came to the realization that the more stories with plus size protagonists, the better, and especially if it's about them loving themselves and being positive. And so I was really intrigued when the Netflix movie was coming out. You know, I'm really excited that Netflix is bringing these YA books to the to the screen and yeah, I just, I really love it. Next to To All the Boys I've Loved Before, it's probably one of my favorite movies that Netflix has produced. So yeah, I'm really excited to chat about it. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome as well. And just kind of to your point, like I totally picture that freak out. The other day, I'm not saying it's on the same level, but the other day I found a podcast that was doing literally the same thing I'm doing. And they covered oh. so many of the same films. I was like freaking out. And then my friend's like, do you know how many murder podcasts there are? And it's not like one person just listens to one theoretically murder podcast and then dismisses all the others. The more people talking about high school films, again, not as important, but you know, the more people talking about high school films, the better. So yeah, I can definitely I, see Yeah, that I totally moment. agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a fan of one, then hopefully you'll be a fan of the others. It actually can be a really good thing because it will lead you to more of a similar story or a similar podcast yeah no absolutely i mean at least yeah that's that's what i hope (laughs) i think so so i read the summary every week and it's usually back of the dvd back of the vhs but whenever we do these netflix films i have to chuckle because netflix has shortened everything when it comes to their summaries you look at an old dvd or an old vhs and it's like three paragraphs but the Netflix summaries are so simple. And for Dumplin', it's just, <clears throat> To prove a point about measuring up and fitting in, Texas teen Willadeen Dixon enters a local pageant run by her ex-beauty queen mom. That's it. Short and sweet. I mean, it sums it up. It, it does an all right job. <laughs> yeah, and they have the benefit of, like, while you're reading this, they're, like, running the trailer in the background, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a lot more going on in this movie, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I noticed something that, like, has been happening lately... Originally, when Netflix was putting out their films, they weren't getting Rotten Tomatoes 
uh, ratings by the critics. And, you know, the last couple have, and this one did pretty well critically and audience-wise. It was 85% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics and 76% by the audience. Um, I think, you know, pretty good scores. Yeah, that's really good. I definitely think it's one of the better movies they've produced for sure. They can be hit and miss. And it it was interesting because Sierra Burgess is a loser came out not long before Dumplin', which was also billed as a plus-size protagonist with a positive body love story. And I actually thought it did quite the opposite. So it was a relief when this movie came out and it was very positive and it also did really well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you kind of like never know with these Netflix films. Honestly, from the trailer, most of them look like they're going to be good. (laughs) And then uh, some are really good, some aren't. I hadn't seen this one till a couple days ago. And I don't want to say I was surprised surprised because like the trailer looked good but it was an awesome film you know I I watched it again I really really appreciated it and just quickly like with this cast Danielle McDonald wow like her Texan accent is perfect yeah she was great because she's Australian which Um, I did not know yeah (laughs) I thought she did a great job I mean I as an Australian don't know how good American accents are necessarily but it sounded great to me (laughs) it sounded perfect like I'm sure I couldn't tell Australian accents apart but you know that Texan (laughs) that Texan accent is like a pretty strong one and she nailed it and it's funny because um, I had seen her in another film called Patty Cakes yes I haven't seen that one yet so Patty Cakes was done by a director who grew up like two miles from my childhood home and it was filmed all around like where I grew up in New Jersey and I did not know after watching Patty Kicks that she wasn't from New Jersey because she was so authentic in that film. It's the Ritz Cracker, a Go Hunt Swagger, it's Viagra, a Rose Stone through Jersey like Jagger in a Jaguar. He's for the posse, the beer for the bells, and Jay got the letters of the state while we dwell. And then I saw her in this, I'm like, oh, I guess she's actually Texan. Then I look it up, she's Australian. Wow. So, uh, I mean, did you like her performance as well? I thought she was brilliant. She nailed the accent obviously but I thought she really captured Willow Dean's spunky attitude and there's a lot of really emotional moments in the movie and she was so great in those moments and so vulnerable and yeah she made me tear up in a lot of places the word you just said vulnerable is the exact word that like I wrote down that best like encapsulates her performance that that vulnerability was so like touching and and beautiful oh I can't gush enough about how good of a job I think she did in this film and of course Jennifer Aniston is in this as well and I I read that she's one of the producers too I, I guess you know same question what did you think of her performance playing Dumplin's mom I thought she was brilliant. This is probably, I want to say my favorite performance of her. Wow. Yeah, which is a big call, I know. Yeah, I thought she was really good. She really, it's, I feel like it's a different role to mm-hmm. what we usually see her play. And I loved that the mother-daughter aspect was kind of one of the big plot points of the movie. And they really both bounce off each other so well. And they both have this it's like they can't communicate. She's saying one thing and she's hearing another. And I thought they play that so beautifully. And it just really captured how fraught these relationships can be. Yeah, no, uh, to echo everything you're saying in terms of this is not our classic Jennifer Aniston performance. But sometimes, you know, you have to produce your own film to get the role you want to play. I don't know, there's something about her in this film that, how can I put it? I grew up watching Friends, you know? And every time I see Jennifer Aniston in a film, 
I see Jennifer Aniston, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but this is one of the a few performances of hers, and I'm not trying to criticize her at all, but one of the few performances of hers where it took me away from that America's sweetheart Jennifer Aniston almost, and I really felt like she was this character's mother. I think she did an awesome job. As like we go down the list here, I mean, it's really apparent. This is based on a book written by a woman. The directors are women. Most of the producers are women. A very high percentage of the cast is women. This is like a real, like, woman-driven film. Yeah, and I think it shows. I think the respect and the tenderness that the characters are treated with is evident. I just, I don't think, no offense to men, but I don't think a a man could have told this story as well. None taken, none taken. (laughs) (laughs) Just to wrap up the cast, Odea Rush played Elle. I wasn't too familiar with her. I thought she did a good job. Honestly, I'm just going to say it. I think everyone pretty much did a good job in this film. I think they did. Yeah, I think they're such wonderful characters and they really embodied them. And the Texas accent sounded good to me. Like I said, I don't have the best ear for that, but they all sounded good to me. And they all had really good chemistry, I think. Yeah, no, um, especially as that group like that that revolution forms i like the parts they played in, in that like a group who else we have? oh maddie bayulo i think her name is she played millie and i recognized her because she did that hairspray live yeah which didn't come to australia i really want to see that but um i thought she was a standout for sure it was a great cast all around but she felt like a breakout style of this to me oh yeah no absolutely i'd like to see her in a lot more stuff i didn't see hairspray live live ironically but uh, we we covered one of the hairspray films for this podcast so i decided to watch the other two and she was great in that too and she when she did hairspray live she was just some randomly picked college student i think she was like a sophomore in college when she she did it like that's nerve-wracking to be on network tv in in the u.s like performing and singing live so if she can do that she can pretty much do anything and like i said she, she nails the role here there's a uh, bex taylor klaus she played Hannah, who's a very interesting character. I know as an actor, she's openly gay, openly non-binary. I appreciated that kind of diversity among the girls. And I, I really dug her character. Yeah, I really liked her. I, I wish they would have leaned a little bit more into that character's queerness, I suppose. But I understand there was a lot going on in the movie. So, like, and she wasn't a main character. So I understand why it wasn't a major part of the plot. But I thought she was great and brought a really interesting dynamic to the group. So, okay, that that's a good point. Now, you said you read the book, right? Yes. Is her character, well, A, is her character in the book? And B, are they similar? Her character is in the book. I'm trying to remember now. It was a little while ago that I read it. It was pretty similar, I think. The book very much focuses on Willow Dean. And, and even actually her, I know we haven't talked about Bo yet, but her relationship with Bo is much more of a focus in the book than it is in the movie. I actually thought thought the friendship dynamic was probably done a little better in the movie oh, than the book. Okay, cool. Mm. You, you mentioned Bo. He's played by Luke Benward. I thought he was really good. <laughs> um, he did not look like a teenager. <laughs> okay, okay. A lot of these actors are not teenagers, but you're no. absolutely right. No, I thought he was good as well. I liked the character. Glad you told me that it's focused more in the book because... I didn't mind in the film how it wasn't the main storyline. I liked the place it took in the film. Like you said, I liked how it focused more on the friends and more on Willow Dean and less, I don't know, on like the romance with him. But you are absolutely right. Was he even a high school student in the film or in, in the book? I think he was. I mean, he yeah, he's he's in high school in the book. Okay. I think he's meant to be in high school in the movie as well. Okay. But like, 
She doesn't remotely look like a teenager. I mean, Daniel McDonald, I love her, but she's kind of pushing the high school thing as well. Like mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. like 27 in real life, I think. So yeah, it definitely, but out of anyone, I think he looks like he's 25. <laughs> yeah, I was, okay, so I wrote that down. I was confused. I was like, I get why they think he's like the hot guy and he's cool, but is he kind of creepy because he's an adult and he's like... <laughs> you know, talking to and trying to like, you know, hang out with these high school girls. But I, I guess you comforted me a little by, by saying he's supposed to be a high schooler. But I definitely yeah. got that vibe. I was like, whoa, okay. Well, in the in the book, he actually, um, he formally went to a different high school and then he transfers to Willow Dean's school. So school is actually a bigger part of the book than it is mm. in the movie. Because I think the movie is just all summer. Whereas book, I think, takes place over a longer period of time. It, it has been a while since I read it. So if I get anything wrong, don't. <laughs> Oh, no worries. Don't come at me, book fans. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be a high schooler as even in the movie, I think. But he, I think, look, he was very dreamy. He had the good dimples. Like, <laughs> I understand why she was drawn to him. And he's very sweet. I just wish he looked younger. <laughs> yeah, because he's got like the beard coming in, you know, like, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the five o'clock. Permanent five o'clock show. <laughs> but he does a good job. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say, I don't think there's anyone in the cast that I would say was a bad performance. No, oh no, definitely not. Especially for like what this was about. This isn't like a Daniel Day-Lewis kind of film, so. And I was actually surprised to see Kathy Najimy in it. Oh, I wasn't yeah. expecting her, but that was a nice surprise. I didn't even realize it was her, you know, because you don't really get a good look at her. And at like when you first see her, I'm like, oh, my God. And her husband is in this film, too. Oh, really? I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So her husband is Dan Finnerty, and he's like the he's the host of the beauty pageant. Oh, wow. There you go. Keeping it in the family. <laughs> yeah, I know him because he's in a lot of uh, like comedies. He's in like old school and all those like early 2000s comedies. Delicate little 13 year old flower. Welcome to womanhood. womanhood. Strolling in the park, watching winter turn to spring. He actually has a band, I think, in Los Angeles, and they do shows. I mean, I guess, you know, they got a package deal for this film. Yeah, well, I think they're friends with Jennifer Aniston, so that's probably how that works. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's see, anyone else? Oh, speaking of friends with Jennifer Aniston, um, the guy who, I guess he owns the drag club or bar or whatever, he's in a couple episodes of Friends. Oh. Yeah, he's like a recurring waiter. (laughs) and, And I just, in my head, fantasized that possibly he met Jennifer Aniston on the set of Friends and he... He, you know, Jennifer Anson did him a favor like 20 years later. That's where my mind goes, but whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Dove Cameron kept coming up, and she plays Becca as someone who was famous, but I didn't really know her. Yeah, she's in, I want to say The Descendants, I think, which is like oh. a Disney movie. Uh, I, th- I was actually surprised at how small her role was. I thought, because she was one of the actors that I was more familiar with before I watched the movie, so I thought she would have quite a big role, but it, it was pretty minor. Yeah, yeah. But she was, you know, she. I, I mean, her job was kind of like to look pretty, and she did She did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It wasn't a big role. Um, and just quickly, the director is Anne Fletcher, and I was surprised because I didn't really know her name, but she had quite, she's quite the resume, and that's kind of weird for these Netflix YA adaptations, because it seems like they don't, they don't get really directors with the 
best resumes. Even the better yeah. ones ha- like have up and coming people. Yeah, she did um, Step Up, I think, in 27 yeah. Dresses. Yeah, so she very much is steeped in that kind of romance world, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and she's like solidly working. So, I mean, <laughs> it all goes back to, for me, though, like if Jennifer Aniston's producing, I think you're likely to get a better level of uh, people to sign up for these kind of things absolutely which is awesome i mean just to go back to jennifer anson quickly like i really do appreciate the fact that and again i know there was other producers i don't want to just put it on her but i think she's obviously the most famous like i really give it up to her like she could pretty much probably produce almost any kind of film she wanted to and she chose something like this i think that's super cool yeah i love that i i love that she chose this movie to produce and i think in interviews she has said that she really connected with the mother-daughter aspect, which is really nice. Oh, okay. That's really cool to hear. Like, I think everyone pictured Jennifer Aniston one way, and this is like changes my mind a little bit. So, I mean, that's pretty much everyone who's involved with making this film. Let's get into this movie. I mean, I guess I didn't mention one person, though. Dolly Parton. Oh, yes, of course. She's so important <laughs> to the movie. She's not actually in it herself, but yeah, she's plays a central role. Yeah, uh, which I, I don't know. I wish she made a cameo, but I, she wrote a song for the film. It's all these Dolly Parton songs, and I was singing by the end of it. So I, I loved that aspect of it. Is it that important in the book, the Dolly Parton thing? Yeah, big time. She's a hu- Willow Dean is a huge Dolly Parton fan in both the book and the movie, and it's something that she bonded with her Aunt Lucy over and her aunt Lucy has passed away and so that it's really tied in with her grief over Lucy and also it's how she became friends with her best friend Ellen they're quite different characters but they they really connected over because they both love Dolly Parton which we see in the movie as well so it's it's really central so it was really exciting to see that Dolly Parton had endorsed the use of her songs for this movie but also written a new song for it which I love oh yeah no it's great and let's be honest you could not have made this movie without getting the permission for these Dolly Parton songs. Not that they make the film, but they certainly bring the film to another level with, with their just love for everything Dolly Parton. I thought that was awesome. And, you know, we later see the, the Dolly Parton drag show, and a couple of them actually are, like, doppelgangers for Dolly Parton that I was like, oh, is she here? Oh, no. That's just a very good performance. I loved it. I'm still singing the Dolly Parton in my head. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we started talking about it, I just pictured that scene where Willow Dean and Ellen are singing it to each other as she's driving off i think that really cemented my love for this movie as soon as i saw that yeah every relationship well specifically between Elle and willow dean and willow dean and her mother and of course her aunt feels so authentic and so awesome and like those singing moments are just perfect you know like like nine to five and all the you know the other songs it just like i want to be a part of that group you know <laughs> absolutely i think the thing with dolly as well is i guess she really is an icon of self-love and confidence that makes it all the more meaningful and that's really what willow dean uh, latches onto and tries to emulate in her own life yeah i think it gets expanded too like or paralleled i should say with the um drag characters you know their connection with it is so beautiful too to me yeah I think they use that do- famous Dolly quote that's like, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's so perfect for all of these characters because that's really the journey that they're all going on and that's what they want to reach by the end of the movie. And something else I, I like to touch on is you don't always see this, especially in some of these Netflix films, but this this movie had such a good sense of setting, you know? I mean, not in terms of like we knew the streets of the town, but it was it was uniquely Texas uniquely just a clover city 
and that beauty pageant scene and you started to especially towards the middle and the end just feel the culture of the community that they grew up in where i you know i didn't grow up in a place where regular beauty pageants were being held i'm not sure with the beauty pageant scene in Australia, what that's like. But I know, like, I have friends who grew up in Texas, and it actually it still is a huge deal because for teenagers there, which boggles my mind. But were there beauty pageants in Australia? Not really. It's definitely not an industry like it is in America. There are beauty pageants, but they're much more low-key. It's not really a big cultural thing. I know I mentioned that, like, I've set my book around a beauty pageant, but the beauty pageant in my book is very much like, it's kind of like a daggy, you know, at a cheap hotel on the weekend kind of thing, which is the level of beauty pageants I'm aware of. I could be totally wrong. and I don't want to offend anyone that's really <laughs> into beauty pageants, but it's it's just not on the level as it is in this movie or in other beauty pageant movies that I've seen. You know, uh, you made me think of an interesting point there. This movie doesn't necessarily give you that like anti-beauty pageant taste. You know, so many beauty pageant films are very anti-beauty pageant. And trust me, I get it. And I know their anti-beauty pageant in it. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I didn't yeah. feel like negative, you know? No, it, I don't think... What's interesting because it's kind of billed as like Willow Dean enters this beauty pageant as a protest and she really wants to subvert the whole thing and kind of tear it down by entering because she's pushing back against the narrow beauty standards. And she also has these other girls, Millie and... Is it Hannah, her name? the That Bex Taylor Klaus plays? Yeah, Hannah. Yeah. They, they both don't fit into the standards standard thin feminine beauty pageant mold I suppose and that they enter as well and it's all this big protest by the end of the movie they really get into it and they find they enjoy it and so it comes down to sorry my dogs are barking (laughs) Um, (laughs) no it comes down to I think they learn that while they want to expand what those beauty pageants allow it's not all terrible and especially with um, Jennifer Aniston's character it's a big part of her world and she's never really mocked for that or it's not undermined. Willow Dean butts up against her about that but I think Willow Dean just really wants to be accepted and loved by her and seen seen as she is and they do that within the framework of the beauty pageant which is interesting. Yeah yeah and I like loved that choice you know like I said there's so many of these beauty pageant films that just mock the whole thing and I get it you know like the scene where Jennifer Aniston's completely uh, horizontal in the car (laughs) (laughs) which is very funny (laughs) hilarious yeah it's one of these things where they they're almost like changing the system from within rather than just tearing the entire thing down and I don't know I don't I don't want to like offend anyone or or anything but I I just thought it was an interesting and different take and this is definitely a feel-good film and I definitely felt good at the end of it. Absolutely. I think it's saying that restrictive beauty standards are absurd, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole system needs to be torn apart or that there's not value in some of those things. You know, and like the fact that some of the characters do really well in the beauty pageant, that's celebrated and, you know, it's a good thing. So I agree. It's it's really interesting. It's not just a total like satire about beauty pageants. Yeah, yeah, no. As we Talk about the film. Are there any scenes at the beginning of the film that uh, really stuck out to you? Or- well, it's interesting that you mentioned setting before because I thought 
the way that it opened at the public pool was really effective. Kind of got a really strong sense of how hot it was and sticky, but also just the fact that we're at this public pool, it wasn't particularly glamorous and it wasn't really glossy. I got the, the sense of that small town vibe and the community vibe as well. Yeah, yeah, no, and I really like the colours in this film. Yeah, it, there's a lot of reds, I thought, which was really effective. Yeah, no, for sure. Of course, we learn about like Lucy's aunt early. Um, we learn about how her friendship with Ellen started and the Dolly Parton stuff. How the film keeps building on the relationship between the mother and daughter, or I guess lack thereof at the beginning, is just so good. Like at the beginning, like she seems cold, right? Like Gen- Jennifer Aniston seems cold. Like she's just doing her like aerobic exercise. She's making Willow Dean drive her to the beauty pageant. You know, even when Willow Dean decides to sign up, she's, like, kind of against it. But as we go throughout the film and as we see kind of the reasons why she got attached to the beauty pageant thing or see that she has, like, she works, like, a really tough job, it starts to build layers on not just her character but their relationship as well. Absolutely. Layers is a really good word for it because... Yeah, as you say, at the beginning, you feel like, why is she so awful? Is it because she hates having, she's this, you know, thin, beautiful woman? Does she hate having this fat daughter? Or I think that's the sense that Willow Jane feels. But as you go through the movie, you learn more about Jennifer Aniston's character and what is driving her. And also the loss of her sister, Willow Dean's aunt, and the dynamic shift that that has forced onto these two characters. I think ultimately it is a story of grief and trying to find your way after you've lost someone important to you. It's really about these two characters figuring out how their life works together without this huge presence in their lives. Yeah, and I think it handles that so, so well. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. And so some of the most touching scenes, I think, are just these quiet moments between Willow Dean and her mother and when they're trying to work things out and trying to see each other and they're not really connecting, but... They're trying. Yeah, and you said something interesting, right? Like the silence, right? Some of their most connected moments are in those silent moments. It really, really accomplishes that story. But, like, I guess, you know, the crux of this film, though, is this beauty pageant. How did you think that, like, revolution group coming together, like, how did you think that was handled? I know we touched on uh, their performances. I do agree with you that I I wish Hannah was a little bit more fleshed out, but what about all the other girls that she was friends with and how they progress in the beauty pageant? I loved Millie, and I thought that her journey was really interesting, and I actually would have liked to see more of that as well, but there wasn't much space for it. But yeah, I loved that she was another plus-size girl, and it was good to have more than one character who fit that mold, I suppose, but showed how different they were and how they had really different attitudes and experiences. It just added to the diversity, I think. And yeah, I thought it was a great journey. And then it's really interesting with Elle, who's Willow Dean's best friend. She wants to join the revolution, but she is stereotypically thin and beautiful. And so it's kind of fraught for Willow Dean because she starts to resent Elle, even though Elle has the best intentions. And I thought that was a really great exploration of the complicated feelings you can have around that kind of friendship. But ultimately, their bond is stronger than that. That It's just something they have to overcome. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because like in a lot of these films, things are really cut and dry. Like the pretty, quote unquote, popular girls are mean, you know? And there's only a couple characters who stand out. And like you said, there's like two plus size 
women here and they're com you know not completely different because they, they end up being friends but they have different outlooks on life and different point of views like it's you know life is not so cut and dry and this movie kind of uh, explores that especially high school life as we know it felt more realistic and more relatable and i i do like how uh i guess the revolution if you will not prince's band this group <laughs> the, the revolution how they try to develop their uh talents i literally mean the talents like in the talent show all right up first we've got millie michael chicks michael Ch chucks mitchell chuck mitchell chuck he is high and mighty Ooh, mighty is his power mighty is his love he is there with the answers let us lift him up all right, um, approved. I would just say keep working on it. Maybe fine-tune it a little bit. Thank you. Next. Hey there, cowboy. Oh, Do you see that. me smiling at it's like you? like a cow. Keeping the tradition alive. Bless your heart. Approved, approved. Up next, Hannah Perez. Oh, God. Hey, hey, ho, ho, patriarchy has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, patriarchy has got to go. I'm, is that it? No, no music? Well, I can't, I can't approve that because technically that's not a talent. Yeah, it's very funny. It's a very funny sequence where they're, like, trying to work it out and... <laughs> Some of them are better than others, and that's why they end up actually going to the drag show to try and figure out how they're going to perform on stage and to get some tips. It's a funny part of the movie. I think they looked most like high schoolers when they were at that drag show, you know, when they were in, just in that booth and, like, so mesmerized, and then they start just, like, feeding into it so much. I loved that scene. I mean, it's not perfect. Well, what did you think of that whole dynamic, I guess, when they go to the drag show and kind of get inspired for their acts? I thought it was good. It, like you say, they definitely, it was very high school. It's like the first experience of this kind of life or, and it kind of blows their minds. seems like they're very sheltered before that, but they love it and they're so into it and it's really lovely. And then Willow Dean learns this whole other aspect about her aunt because her aunt used to go to these drag shows and was friends with all of these performers so it adds another layer to that story as well. Yeah, not only like was her aunt like a fan, but it seemed like she was one of the keystone members of the scene. The, I guess you could say the lead performer takes Willow Dean back. Well, they, he speaks with her backstage, and he's like, "Oh, you look just like her," and it's like it's like a nice little moment. You see Willow Dean, not just her, but like the the actress, light up when they're talking about their aunt and reminiscing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that was like a really pretty moment for me. Yeah, it really demonstrates Willow Dean's bond with her aunt, but also the fact that she didn't totally know her. She didn't know that she had this whole other life, and I think it's a an eye opening moment for Willow Dean because she realizes that what she thought of her aunt isn't quite right. And it gives her a bit of a confidence boost, I think, in that she's got a lot of self-doubt, even though she won't admit it to herself, but it enables her to keep going and to really 
stick her head down and embrace the pageant because she realizes that her aunt would have wanted her to do that. Speaking of self-doubt, I think one of the most powerful scenes and moments in the film is when Bo invites her to, I guess, see the meteor shower and he kisses her and like how self-conscious she gets and when she speaks about it later with her friend. Can I ask you something? Sure. What's the deal with that uh, photo uh, in your locker? That girl, a uh, woman? You don't know who Dolly Parton is? Should I? She's like one of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time. She's kind of hard not to know. OK. Uh, why her? My Aunt Lucy loved her. I'm probably saying Dolly before I could talk. There's just something amazing about her. You know, she, she's in on every joke you could possibly tell about her, and, and she's got this wicked sense of humor, and, and it's like she's always one step ahead, you know? Gosh, that broke my heart. I just, I wanted to like hug her and say that he wanted to be with her. She, she really gets self-conscious when he's yeah kissing her and he starts to touch her back and she pulls away from him. I totally related to that. I can, you know, as a teenager, even as an adult, I, t I totally got that. It was it felt, it was very visceral for me and the pain that she was feeling in that moment, like the internal pain is so real. It was beautifully done. Yeah, and you, I could literally feel in my body the parts that like I don't necessarily like to be, like I'm self-conscious about it, I don't like to be touched when she feels that way, you know? Like, ah, what a moment. Yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't get it at all, which is interesting. And she's too emotional and too self-conscious about it in herself to actually explain it to him and she talks to her friend about it but I think like Ellen doesn't understand as either or she talks about oh yeah I feel self-conscious too but to Willowdean that's like oh how can you feel self-conscious when you're so thin and beautiful and it's nice because it, it almost shows the teeny tiny flaws for both of them you know they're not the same person so they kind of struggle to understand understand each other on that level and their friendship as you said kind of gets tested if you will in the end it's okay so you know rest assured <laughs> but i just thought that scene on the pickup truck and then the conversation with her friend right after were just some of the more real moments of the film yeah i agree and then the conversation she has with Bo later kind of off the back of that was really great as well and that's another moment that made me cry when she's questioning him and saying you know like how can you like me and he very strongly and forcefully says to her like how like basically how dare you ask me that of course I like you I, I, and you're beautiful I think he says to hell with anyone who tells you otherwise it's such a powerful moment and you know I think it's great that the movie isn't all about romance and Willow Jean learns to love herself not because a guy loves her but because she just goes on that journey within herself but it is a really great thing to see on screen 
the dreamy guy who is attracted to this girl who is plus size and it's presented as of course he would be attracted to her she's wonderful she's beautiful she's hilarious she's smart it's not something where it's like oh my god how can he think that or feel that way so i have to ask this i know you're a fan of Bo, but (laughs) how does he compare to peter kavinsky from to all the boys i've loved before oh look that's that's unfair on Bo, I think. Like, <laughs> no one can compare to Peter Kavinsky. He is just the next level. Uh, also, he gets a lot more plot in, in his movie than Bo <laughs> he does, does he in does. this one. <laughs> Bo, Bo are really, I think that would be, as much as I love that it's not all about romance, I would have liked a little bit more of Bo, just, just to establish his character a little bit more and give give him a bit more grit than just having dimples and sucking on a lollipop and telling her she's <laughs> she's beautiful. Like I I wanted to know more about his life and his his character. So that would be my main criticism. But I also think the movie doesn't suffer for it because at the end of the day it's not all about that. It, it did feel a little bit odd to kind of end on him and their yeah. dynamic when it hadn't been built up adequately, I don't think. Yeah, I totally, totally a- agree with you on that. I think that a little bit more development would have helped. Because I wouldn't have thought that he was a 28-year-old man if, <laughs> if I knew, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. You would have realized he was actually a high schooler and um, not a creepy old guy. That's really interesting that you thought that without – because I guess I wonder if other people who hadn't read the book thought this is an adult man who is in a romance with this teenage girl. It was a, not enough for me to be like, oh, my God, what is happening and, like, distracting me from it. But it was more like, is he – no, he can't be, like – a full-fledged adult yeah maybe you know and then then obviously the story takes more precedence over it yeah it's interesting because as i said in the book the romance is much more prominent and like it's a big part of it is like they start dating and then they break up and then she starts dating this other guy and she still has feelings yeah it's a whole other plot she has feelings still has feelings for Bo, and then Bo starts dating this other girl and they're yearning for each other and there's all this drama around that i'm kind of glad they cut that out i think because in the book as well she kind of leads this other guy's really nice and she kind of leads him on because she knows she doesn't care about him that much and she really wants to be with Bo. but for whatever their personal drama she's not with Bo. and it's I probably like the toughest point in terms of liking Willow Dean. Not that every main character needs to be likable, but it's a sticking point in terms of she's being a bit awful to this really nice guy. So I can understand why they cut that from the movie. Oh, that's that's really interesting. I know you mentioned that it was developed more in the book, but I didn't think to that level where she, you know. Yeah, it's a, a whole different part of the plot. Like I said, I wasn't sorry to lose it particularly. The character that they cut was really a lovely character, but without you can't really portray the level of nuance on screen that you can in the book so it makes sense that they just got rid of it especially i mean they cut down bo's screen time or like his character time in himself so yeah they wouldn't have had any time at all for another guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely you know <laughs> hmm, that's that's really really interesting though um any other moments in the film before we uh talk about the ending and such well i actually thought it was interesting the way the beauty pageant went down and I was a little disappointed I have to say with Willow Dean's talent and her performance I don't know how you felt about that but it seemed like it was built up to be this like amazing moment Jennifer Aniston is in the wings crying and because she realizes how amazing her daughter is that was the one point of the movie where I didn't think the performance matched up to what was meant to be happening within the story I I could agree with that now that you say it that makes a lot of sense too and if you're talking about a group of people that don't really have context for maybe the nuances of the 
drag performance she's even trying to do, then even to another level, they're pretty much not going to understand. But why was it so underwhelming to you, I guess? Uh, it just felt like she was just like walking around the stage badly lip syncing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was supposed to be this big triumphant moment and it just fell flat for me. I think that was probably like one of my main criticisms of the movie, which is not, it's not a deal breaker at all. It just wasn't as exciting as I wanted it to be. Now, she gets disqualified from the pageant because she changed that part of the routine. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Which is even more, I was like, she wanted to do it enough that it she risked being disqualified. So it didn't match up to that level of... <laughs> but that leads to, it does lead to a, another beautiful moment between Willow Dean and her mother as well. No, that's definitely true. The moment was nice there. What did you think of the other people's, uh, I guess, performances and the statements they were making at the beauty pageant? I thought, again, Millie was an absolute highlight. She raises the roof. <laughs> Our next talent contestant will be Miss Millicent Mitchellchuk, singing High Mighty for you this evening. wanted that moment where everyone is just blown away by her for Willow Dean because she was the main character but I love that Millie got it yeah yeah that's such a nice moment for Millie like her mother she discovers her and you know they're like really Christian and they don't believe in beauty pageants and stuff like that I guess and when she comes in and then I know she accepts her right away and some people might say that's like convenient the way she's like looking at her on stage is so it's just so nice and she's sitting next to the drag performers and she's like that's my daughter and she's proud and there's like some even line they use their family last name how much wood could a millichuck chuck if a millichuck could chuck wood yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but like she's such a beautiful character because she's so you know determined to win the contest not win but like just be in the contest the traditional way and when her mother like gives her the seal of approval it's so empowering to her and you see that like communicated from actor to screen yeah definitely i think it's great because she was in the pageant against her mother's wishes and she was hiding it and her mum gets very angry and kind of has a go at her and tells her she has to go home. But she stands her ground, which is a big moment for this, this character that you get the sense that she always does the right thing. But this is so important to her and it's really lovely to see her mother embracing that. It's a nice subplot that complements the main plot between the mother and daughter relationship. Yeah, I'd like to see, I know Netflix does this sometimes, but I'd like to see them use her for another film with her as not Millie, but the actress with her as the lead. Because like you said, she she's definitely the breakout performer uh, of this film. Absolutely. She's got so much charisma. It is interesting you say that not Millie. There's a second book by the same author 
that is about Millie. Oh. Well, she's the main character. Well, yeah, I wouldn't mind so, that. I just didn't think you know, there was a Yeah. Was I haven't actually read that one, but um, I wonder if if Dumplin' did well. I don't – I mean, obviously, Netflix doesn't release the figures, but I would be curious to see if it did do well, if they would pick that up as well. We'll never know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to clamor for a sequel, and then if it happens, it happens. But I think it did pretty well, though. It, it got a lot of buzz. Everyone I know who saw it really liked it, so – Let's cross our fingers. Yeah, I would love to see it. But I, I would love, even if they don't do a sequel, like you say, I would love to see her in something else. Maybe even like an adult rom-com would be really cool. Or a musical even. She, you said she was great in Hairspray, so. Yeah, and she definitely uses those chops um, when, when she starts singing. I'm reading now, I'm reading some facts about the film, I'm reading now that the author of the book, one of her requests to Netflix or whoever was producing it, Jennifer Aniston, was that she had seen this actress in Hairspray and she wanted her to play this role and they accommodated to that which is awesome oh that's lovely i mean what a good choice she's great absolutely so um obviously willow dean doesn't win the pageant it's fun right because like she doesn't completely trash the entire thing but she also doesn't 100 percent conform she makes statements a couple times um like in the bathing suit scene with her and her friend they have like writing on i think it says like everybody's a swimsuit body oh when they go out together at the end Instead of yeah, going with a date. Yeah, because um, Elle's boyfriend is really sick. <laughs> or he, I think he gets stage fright or something. And so that's actually a really great moment with Jennifer Anderson's character. Rosie says to Willow Dean, like, you know, she's disqualified her. I can't bend the rules. But then she, she realizes that there's nothing stopping her from allowing Willow Dean to go out with Elle as her escort. That's a lovely moment for all three of them, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really is. And get a lot of like beautiful moments in this scene and we know this is a feel-good film like i said and, and it it ends on a nice note i don't even remember who wins the pageant who wins the pageant oh i remember millie came runner-up and yeah. then yeah i can't remember who won <laughs> that's kind of great because it's not really about who won it's Absolutely. about the internal journey that all of these characters went on especially willow dean i mean she's standing in the at the side when the winners announced it's not even she's not even on stage but she's smiling and for her like this is what it was all about you, you know she doesn't feel alone anymore she she loves herself she's embracing herself and her inside is matching her outside in the sense that I think at the beginning she projects this attitude that I don't care what anyone thinks but now she does care about what people think but she cares about the people who matter and what they think and what they think of her as a person. Uh, what did you think of her her dress and the like her final dress, if you will? It was fine. <laughs> I was a little bit underwhelmed by that as well. I actually think the funnier moment and the highlight was um, when Jennifer Aniston walks out in the drag queen oh, outfit. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny, and she looked amazing. And I also think, again, I feel like Millie got better costumes than Willow Dean did. Even her sw the swimsuit that she wore, she looked incredible in that. It's a curious choice. I feel like the secondary character got the bigger moments and the nicer costumes and everything in that climactic moment. Yeah, I'm glad you said choice because it's definitely a choice to do that. I, I think everyone sees that. She has these kind of moments and it is an interesting choice. It's, you know, if you're just looking like from the outside... As you said, Millie becomes the star a little bit. Not of the film, but of, certainly of the, the performance. And Willow Dean's off to the side. She's happy, but it's no longer, it's no longer about her in terms of the, uh, the pageant at all. Yeah. Which, again, I, like you said, it's a choice. What I think that's about is that at the beginning of the movie, Willow Dean kind of compares herself to Millie 
and is like, I may be fat, but at least I'm not like that. I don't know if she says stupid. I can't remember the exact words, but she's basically thinks she's better than Millie in a way. And I guess this is a moment where she's realizing she's not better than Millie, that Millie's amazing. Millie's attitude to life isn't a negative thing and it's okay for her to embrace a little bit of that and be positive in herself. Oh, yeah. That, no, that's a really good, good point. I like that. I like that a lot. You certainly get that feeling. In terms of just the wardrobe, just to go back, Jennifer Aniston in that drag outfit, I love the color of that. You know, it just looks so... She pops in it. It's 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 really, really awesome. Yeah, and she literally she literally lets her hair down in that scene. It's a, <laughs> it's really good. But I think it's the, I feel like it's the first time in the movie we actually see her with her hair out and it feels like a small but important moment for that character. Yeah, no. You're absolutely right. And um Hannah, I like, you know, she doesn't completely sell out. I thought it was interesting, you know, because at the beginning they all have to wear that like Texas dress. Yeah. They all kind of look the same in that dance number. But then, like, Hannah's swimsuit is just, like, that black number. And in the formal wear, she's not even wearing a dress. She's wearing, like, a, I guess, like, a tuxedo suit kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I liked those choices as well. But I asked you about the dress because I was thinking um, something similarly. It's not a bad dress that uh, Willow Dean's wearing. Not at all. It's just, like you said, she just kind of goes into the background. Yeah, I mean, she looks she looks beautiful, but I just... Again, like with the performance, I just wanted that wow factor and it it just underwhelmed me a little bit. She didn't look bad. It just didn't feel as special as I wanted it to be. I think it looks good. I'm using, you know, like air quotes in terms of like when she then goes up and meets with Bo and he's like in his like, you know, work gear and she's in that dress. It is a nice contrast because she's got the feathers and everything. It's very over the top. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely like serves its purpose on that level i consulted the magic eight ball yeah what to say it said outlet good Had you win? No. Oh. I got disqualified. That's my girl. <laughs> and then um, we end at our scene back at the drag bar, I guess. I don't know if it's a drag bar or it's just one night that they do that. So I don't want to, you know, who knows? Yeah. It's like a roadhouse kind of. And the mom's there. Every every important character is there. It's just one of these nice feel-good moments. I mean, what did you think of that part of the ending? I liked it. It was, it was a nice way to end it because it showed everyone coming together. And I think especially for a character like Rosie, probably like the teenagers in the first place had maybe never experienced that kind of show before and it shows that she is broadening her mind and really making an effort with Willow Dean. Millie's mother's even there. So I think on a similar level, yeah, it it shows that I guess beyond the beauty pageant, these characters are closer and they are going to make an effort with each other. And also it's just really fun. You know, it's a nice sing along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is where I thought Dolly Parton was going to come out. Yeah. Same. I wish she would, but I guess maybe that makes projects it into like less believable territory it would have been nice though yeah but i feel like once you've hit the credits 
I don't know. You could write it in. Like, somehow, like, maybe one of, you know, the performers is good friends with Dolly and she just rolls in. I, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. I mean, credit scenes don't need to be believable. They just need to be fun or interesting. So I agree. They could have done that. I don't, I'm not sure why that didn't happen. Maybe her schedule didn't match up. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a great scene. And also, there is a cameo in it, though. The the author of the book is in it. Oh. In the crowd. Is she? Yeah. Yeah, her and her, and her her partner I think is in it as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, must be fun, right? Like to get your your movie optioned and then you get to do a cameo in it. Yeah, that, I feel like that would be amazing. <laughs> hey, they love the YA at Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, call, call me Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. Like that would be the highlight of my life. Like, you know? Oh, it would be a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I've had her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Let's put that into the universe. <laughs> yes, yes. I, be- I believe that it's definitely, definitely going to happen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so anything else you want to touch on with uh, this film, Dumplin', and anything else that uh, stuck out to you? Um, I would say there was one scene, I think we've referenced it, but we haven't really touched on it in depth, is the scene between Willow Dean and Rosie in Willow, I think it's Willow Dean's bedroom, and earlier on in the movie, Rosie has kind of cleared out her sister Lucy's things and Willie Dean gets really upset about it. And we think that, as you said earlier, Rosie's being kind of cold about it. But we realise in this later scene that I guess it was her way of trying to move through the grief process Mm -hmm. and move on. And she has this beautiful line where she's like, I think I gave too much of her away or something like that. And Jennifer Aniston is so amazing when she delivers it and Oh, it made me choke up so much. And I think it was a stunning exploration of grief and the effect it can have on you. And we really learn more about the sister dynamic and how Rosie um, first entered, when she first entered beauty pageants as a teenager, like her sister, Lucy, actually really helped her. And there's this dress that she wears every year, which Willow Dean thinks is ridiculous. But we actually learned that her sister helped her make that dress. And it just adds so much to the character that is really lovely. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. We didn't even mention the whole element that the sister was going to join the, or going to enter the beauty pageant, and she didn't herself. You know, it was nice because at the beginning, you think that the sister and Jennifer Aniston, Rosie, sorry, are so the opposite. And actually, they weren't so much. And you mentioned the grief. You mentioned all that. Like, to see her in our eyes as being just so cold and then go to, like, oh, okay, this is why she's she's treating the situation like this. This is why she's not even acknowledging her dead sister. It's a way to grieve, as you said. Yeah, we get the impression early on, and I think Willowden has, the opinion that Rosie didn't care about her sister at all or she was irritated or ashamed of her. And we learned that that it was a lot more complicated than that. And Rosie was, I think, concerned about her health and upset about the way she died. But underneath all that, it was coming from a place of love and she's she really is deeply mourning her. I mean, they live together, you know. They never mention Willow Dean's father and they don't really talk about what happened there, but I get the impression that maybe, you know, maybe Rosie, at whatever time for the father left, um, she's moved in with her sister to help raise this baby. And obviously that's a strong bond between them for them to do that. So there's a lot that's left unsaid, which I think is fine. It doesn't need to hit us over the head with it. 
it makes it a stronger movie. I 100% agree. I wrote that down. Not only do we not see uh, Willowdean's father, but we don't see any fathers in this film, really, right? That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right. There's no fathers in the film. I guess because it really it really focuses on the mother-daughter relationships and also the sister relationships, the relationships between the, the female friends. It's all about the connections between women. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of what makes this movie so great. Any other scenes or things you want to mention from Dumplin'? Um, yeah, I think we've covered all the main things. Yeah, it's not a movie that's, you know, it, it stays on its, like, main plot. There's a couple of side plots, but they're all interconnected and related. So, and it's not a difficult watch, either. I'm not sure the runtime, but it goes by pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's not an overly long movie. It doesn't have a lot of excess subplots, as you say. I think, as as we've discussed, I would have liked to see a little bit more development with secondary characters. But I'm I think it's a really great movie as it is. Every week we rate the film on a scale of one to five. Um, hmm, what should we rate this film on? Oh. My first thought is like Bo's lollipops, <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe crowns for the beauty pageant. <laughs> and now I'm thinking like such an interesting choice to have a lollipop and like a 25, 28 year old looking guy with a five o'clock shadow, like <laughs> with a lollipop, like, constantly I'm, sucking on this lollipop. Yeah, yeah. I'm young. See, like. <laughs> <laughs> It does, like, you know, he kind of just has the stick hanging out of his mouth the whole time. It's very much like... <laughs> no, um, I know. It's, it is kind of, like, it's dreamy, but, yeah. No, he's not, he's not, like, he's not, like, licking it like a, like a child. No, <laughs> no. And he, like, I think he gives her a lollipop at one point, which is a nice little gesture. But, yeah, it, it's... Look, his age is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're talking about a lot. Let's do Bo's lollipops. That's more fun. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many of Bo's lollipops will you give this film, Dumplin? I would give it f- four out of five. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to give it four out of five as well. It's not perfect, but it's mm. still definitely like good feel good film. It's done so well. Like you said, the relationships between women are beautiful. If a movie like this is going to make you have the feels like this one does, it's definitely doing a good job. Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful movie. I'm so happy it exists. The thing that stops me from giving it a five out of five is just those little things that we talked about in terms of wanting a little bit more development for the secondary characters and then a little bit more of a powerful moment for Willow Dean at the end. But I think overall, it's a lovely message, beautifully performed, so many great moments in it. I definitely recommend people watch it. Yeah, no, and again, if you have Netflix, super easy to watch, (laughs) not hard to find, and I I agree with you. Definitely, definitely recommend this film. Now that we're towards the end, I ask my guests this question every week as well. You're at the slumber party. You've brought a sleeping bag. What sleeping bag are you bringing today? Today, I am bringing a Captain Marvel sleeping bag because I'm obsessed with that right now. Oh, yeah. That's a cool one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good choice. Now, we've heard your dogs barking. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog guy. But I've seen I've seen pictures of your dogs on Twitter. What what are their names? So, I have Ollie and Jasper. And it was Jasper who got into the lipstick the other day? Yeah, he did. So, we've had Jasper for 2 weeks. Um Oh, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we've had Ollie for um 2 and a half years and we actually found out um not that long ago that he's probably going to go blind and oh, so no. we yeah, it's sad, but we wanted to get another dog for a while and we thought this is a good time to do it because it means that they'll bond and hopefully if um, Ollie does go blind, he will have a constant companion oh. um, 
with him. So yeah, we got we got Jasper from the Animal Shelter, and he is actually one of um he was on a a farm with like two hundred dogs. It was like a hoarding situation. So wow. he's always been yeah he's always been outside. So he's adjusting to life on the inside for the first time. Absolutely loving it. But he got into one of my lipsticks and ended up with pink all over his face and all over his paws. He actually looked really cute. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> that's my photo. Yeah, it was it was hard to get too mad at him. And I think he's training me quicker than I'm training him in terms of just <laughs> like not leaving anything out he could possibly chew on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw that that Dr. Chris guy retweeted that or something. Yeah, like that. Do you, are you guys, is, I don't think he's famous in America oh, at all. Okay, so I have, so that's why I ask, right? So they air that show at like, nine in the morning on like saturdays oh really like is bondi vet but it's not called that it's called dr chris pet vet oh okay it's called bondi vet here yeah um, <laughs> it's repackaged yeah, so for americans because i have wikipedia this i'm like who the hell is this guy oh yeah he's his name is chris brown which is a really unfortunate name um so <laughs> yeah they call him doc, dr uh, chris he's the, the good chris brown but um he's very handsome vet and yeah. he's a famous vet here he actually he also hosts um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. What? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 all, okay. it's really random. So he somehow, he has his own website, which I learned apparently, and he's they've did, done an article on my dog eating this lipstick. I was kind of like, I, it was very funny. I was a little bit offended on my first dog, Ollie's behalf, because Ollie has also eaten lipstick in the past and I've posted <laughs> about it. And Dr. Chris Brown did not tweet about it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was kind of random. I did not expect that at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. So, so like Dr. Chris here, like it's kind of like a hangover show for some people, you know, because it's, right. it's on like at nine in the morning. <laughs> I, I can't say he's like a household name here, but it's definitely one of those things at parties. Like you ever see that show at that Australian vet? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's more than, um, that's more of a profile than I thought he had. I thought he was just famous. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> then he followed me on Twitter and um cuz my husband's name is Chris and I am obsessed with Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans and all the Hollywood Chrises as well. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh great, I have an I'm now best friends with the hot bet." And my husband was like, "Oh great, another Chris ahead of me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so yeah. I saw that and I had to ask um one cute dog photo too i need to ask about the the dr chris pet vet things yeah i post about my dogs a lot so um you know sometimes i'm like oh people are gonna get sick of my dog photos <laughs> but also i don't really care i love them <laughs> uh so speaking of which um where can people follow you so i'm at jenna guillaume which is g-u-i-l-l-a-u-m-e a really annoying <laughs> um surname but yeah i'm the same same handle on twitter and instagram awesome. the- really cool anything else you want to uh, plug or mention i know we fell in love with your rewatches and such yeah so i've left buzzfeed now which unfortunately means that series has ended but i'm hoping to be able to do something similar elsewhere i'm freelancing and i'm just trying to pitch a lot of stuff so definitely hoping to get something like that going again so yeah stay tuned awesome well i really appreciate you coming on we've done like two 2018 netflix films so maybe if you if you want to come back we'll do like a classic movie or something and and mix it up one day sounds good (laughs) thanks so much again i really appreciate it thank you a big texas size thank you to jenna guillem for hopping on the High School Slumber Party podcast, and talking Dumplin' with us. Like I said, it's always a blast having her on. Hope to have her on again sometime. Really cool movie. Really cool person. 
Love talking about her dogs as well. That was cool. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple things we got to go over before we end the episode. First, I know, I know, you're all clamoring for it. You're wondering what happened to the March through March Marching Band Awareness Month. Well, I couldn't book all the guests I wanted to on such short notice. It was kind of a hastily put-together Marching Band Awareness Month kind of thing. I do apologize for that. But there is a breakthrough. There is a breakthrough. Someone did point out that there is one, one actual high school marching band film. I don't know if I want to count it. It's straight to DVD. It looks pretty terrible. But the film is American Pie Band Camp? which is a spin-off of the American Pie series. It stars one of Stifler's relatives. I don't know if I want to do it, but if I do it, it'll be next March, because we're already almost in April. So next March through March, Marching Band Awareness Month, I'll think about tackling that film. But you know what? If you were ever in the marching band, more power to you. You deserve more credit, and you deserve your own marching band movie. I don't understand why it does not exist. Again, maybe it exists, but whatever. I'll have to verify it when I have the time to watch that probably really crappy movie. Anyway, for more relevant, relevant films for this podcast, you know, you got some homework. And your assignment next week is to watch a pretty cool movie. And I'd say it's a big departure from today's film. The film is Christine. Sonny, you ever owned a car before? No. I just got my license. Start her up. Her name's Christine. I like that. I saw you guys at the football game. How'd you ever get that car fixed up like that? Oh, it's plain old-fashioned hard work. Ever since he bought that car, he's been obsessed with it. And you know what else? They told us the man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before, Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. I swear it's the car. That's Christine coming. Oh, Cherry. That's funny, you know, because I, I heard she was total. Well, after I cleaned up the broken glass, it wasn't so bad. So what if you, you fix it up, you know, and he just comes back and does it again? He won't do it again.
don't let the fact that that's a film about a haunted car steer you away from watching the film and listening to next week's episode. I actually just watched it, and it's pretty freaking cool. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, oh, I don't want to forget, our guest next week is someone that I've really wanted on the podcast. He's been on some other network shows before, including Risky Business on Cruise Club. Remember, guys, Fridays are for fun. And Cruise Club is one of the many great shows in the Cage Club podcast network. But his name's Walt Hickey of Numlock News. He's really, really cool. You're going to love him. If you want a preview of his coolness, you can listen to that Risky Business episode on Cruise Club. Hashtag Cruise Club. But yeah, he's coming on next week, and we're going to have a blast talking about this wild Stephen King film. What else? Oh! Duh, can you please try harder to get John Cusack not to block us on Twitter? Guys, I've been waiting. There's something else I was going to mention, though. Oh, yeah, I guess this is extra credit, but did you happen to see or read the article in New York Magazine regarding podcasts? It was the cover story. And did you know that there's 660,000 active podcasts out there? That is insane. And you know what's more insane? The fact that in all, all the world's choices of, of podcasts you could be listening to right now, that you, I'm, I'm talking about you, are listening to this one right now. And I just have to thank you. I read that number and I'm like, oh my god, anyone who listens to this, well, I don't know. I have nothing but thanks and praise for you being patient enough to listen to this far into the episode and listen to my terrible bedtime voice right now. But you know, I'm curled up in my sleeping bag. I'm ready to pass out, but I'm still, I'm still pumping away and ready to go and just so fired up about High School Slumber Party. I'm so excited with what we're doing. We're coming up on our year anniversary and... I couldn't be happier with the direction of this show. So thank you guys, because you guys make it possible. And you guys really help me, I don't know, keep my sanity and make me, you know, I I would just be shouting into my kitchen, into the void. Well, that's literally what I'm doing right now. But eventually, once it's recorded and exported, you will be listening to my voice. And that makes me a little bit happy. Maybe that also makes me an egomaniac or something. But whatever. I really, really appreciate you so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You probably hear the pitter-patter of my dogs in the background. I gotta take them out before I go to bed. So I leave you with a song Dolly Parton actually wrote for this film, Dumplin'. It was, I think, nominated for a Golden Globe. Pretty cool. It's called Girl in the Movies. Oh, 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 I forgot. Please listen to my other podcast, P.S. I love Hoffman. We're still doing the P.S. I still love Hoffman series. My Mets won their first game. Big New York Mets fan. But I bring it up because our April 1st film, as voted by the Hoff fans out there, is Moneyball. So Kyle Reinfried, my co-host and I, will be releasing that April 1st, and that's going to be awesome too, so check that out. But again, I leave you with Girl in the Movies from Dumplin', Dolly Parton. Later, dudes!
popcorn soda box of raisinets Velvet cushioned seats and soft armrests Best seat in my favorite movie house Start my dreaming as the lights go out Up on the silver screen I picture me Living out my passions, hopes and fantasies I want to be the girl in the movies The one with the glint in her eyes The girl that seldom loses Beautiful with grace and style Acting out her story still here? It's over. Go home. Go.